False alarm. Abort mission. Abort mission. Abort mission. We cannot be called the Fifi's. <laughs> we cannot be called the Fifi's. About an hour after I posted that episode, I swear, I decided to Google Fifi. Don't know why I didn't decide to Google that before I published. But alas, here we are. Would you like to know the definition of a Fifi? Fifi is a prison slang term for an artificial vagina made from whatever materials are available. So, oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. That would happen. So a Fifi is like a fake vagina. It kind of aligns. It kind of aligns. But I don't, I'm not sure. We probably are going to go another route. Fakes or Fifi or something else that we just haven't discovered yet. So I'm going to put that book down for a minute and we will come back to it. If you guys have any ideas, let me know. Um, but yeah, so that's like the legit term of what a Fifi is. So today is Grammy Sunday and every year I look forward to this day because if you are in the music industry, it's just, you know, it's a day we all know about. It's a day that either when you were a child, you like looked forward to this day and it was really big and ambitious and fucking awesome for you and inspiring, which was me. Or you see this as like a commercial consumerism um, music industry billboard top 100 fake music thing. Yeah. Who is the Recording Academy anyways? Like you're either one type of person or the other type of person. If you didn't know this, which I'm surprised a lot of people didn't know, if you didn't know this, you have to submit to be in the Grammys. It's not like it's just like some random whoever the fuck artist, like they decide. These artists submit their music. They are aware if they're submitting for a Grammy or not. Okay, so first off, if you didn't know that, now you do. Second off, does anyone else like make this a tradition in their house? Does anyone else like live for Sunday night award shows or what? Because yeah. So given that it's Grammy Sunday, um, one of the, I mean, we already know that Taylor Swift is up for like all of the awards as per usual. We already know she, I mean, you know, I don't know. I want to say we already know she's going to like win them all. But at the same time, there are some other amazing nominations, obviously like um, SOS by SZA, Worship, John Batiste, is that how you say his last name? Batiste, Batiste, I don't know, I watch his lives, oh my god, he is an angel sent from heaven. Here are a few of my predictions, even though you're going to hear this when they already won, but um, right now it's like 4pm and so no one's won yet, or at least I haven't checked to see who's won, so here's who I think is going to win. For record of the year, or who I, you know what, not even who I think is going to win, who I hope wins. Because I could also do a who I think is going to win, but for record of the year, I think it should be Flowers by Miley. I mean, that record was everywhere. I feel like it just was like it, it fucking spread like wildfire, like just as much as the entire album of Midnight. So record, Miley, record of the year, Miley Cyrus Flowers, album of the year. Personally, it's Midnight <laughs> because... I'm in my Taylor era. I'm just here for Tay Tay right now. And I really am. I'm just on the train. I'm a Swifty. I understand the cultural impact she's making across the fucking board for so many women right now. And this record really album, this album really changed like my life. And so actually, no, I'll just go ahead and stop there because when was the first time or where? Where and when was the first time you heard Midnight's by Taylor Swift? 
it came out in October 2022, and I was in a very tumultuous time of my life. In fact, speaking of like traditions and like every year going to see or sitting down with family and watching the Grammys, something that my mom recently brought up to me is she was like, do you remember that one time that you really thought you were going to marry your ex? And I was like, that was in the roughest time. That was in the roughest period. Um, can you never bring that up again? I've, I only ever said that once, but also it was like around the exact same time that Midnight's came out. And that's when my ex and I were like probably doing the worst. I also have my door open right now. Let me give you a visual. It is a gorgeous Sunday afternoon. I just love telling you about like where I am right now. I don't know. I record this in my back office and it's a gorgeous, again, rainy, beautiful day. It's like 50 degrees outside. I have my door open right now. Some amber incense burning. My my color changing light is turned like this like really warm um, orangey color and I don't know it's just a fucking vibe in here and it truly does remind me of what I'm about to tell you so the very first time I ever heard Midnight's I was driving to Arkansas and I was driving to Bentonville Arkansas which is where Walmart is it's like the Walmart headquarters so I actually love that we have a lot of British listeners so Bentonville Arkansas like how do I explain like when I date like okay how do I explain this how do I explain like Walmart Walmart, like imagine going to the hometown of where like Sainsbury's is located. <laughs> no, that sounds trashy. Imagine, well, that's, I mean, it kind of, it is, but it's not. It's like money. It's like money, honey, but in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, fucking Arkansas, America. So Bentonville is like an hour and a half outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's where I was going to visit my boyfriend at the time. And uh, you see, he was living out there. So I go and I visit him and I am listening to the record for the first time, to Midnight's for the first time. And this drive is just stunning. I mean, if you've ever been, I think they call it, what do they call it? NWA, Northwest Arkansas. If you've ever been in Northwestern Arkansas during the fall months, holy shit. It is fucking breathtaking. I will say, I mean, I feel like it probably looks like Vermont or like anywhere else that has a whole bunch of trees (laughs) in the fall, but just the, it was just prime time. It was prime time. And I'm a very visual person too. So I think that all these puzzle pieces together really brought me to where I am today. Okay. So that's where we're going to get at. I think the literal album Midnight's is the reason why I broke up with my boyfriend (laughs) or why I um, kind of first woke up to like my subconscious and to the fact that I had a lot more power within me that I literally even realized. And also that I was just like totally being taken fucking advantage of. So I go out there to visit him. I'm really looking forward to it. It's like four hours from where I am and I'm really looking forward to four, four and a half, five hours, I think. And um, I had to make like a special effort to get out there because my car was kind of shit at the time. Oil change, tires, all that shit. So it's like Halloween weekend or like the week before or something like that. And so the first song that comes on on Midnight's is Lavender Haze. Like you hear just, you just get sucked in immediately. So imagine driving on some like super windy roads to visit your long distance boyfriend. And the trees are just so many fucking every gorgeous, beautiful hue of orange and yellow and slightly green and red that you can imagine 
And this song, for some reason, like I can, obviously it's about love and like protecting your love and like kind of ignoring the critics, right? But I kind of like felt this song as an awakening to like my my life and myself and like the own haze I was in. And so just listening to this album, I felt weird even going out there. Like I didn't feel comfortable going out there too. There was something about going to Arkansas that has just like literally always made me uncomfortable. And I don't know why because I have family from Arkansas. Um, and you know what? I guess when I just like start talking like out of my intuition – when I think about Arkansas, no, fuck, this is bad. No, I shouldn't say this. When I think about Arkansas, I think about inbreds. When I think about Arkansas, I think about nothing. I think about like low class. And I'm so sorry to say that because I know I have a, like a lot of people on here, of course, who love to go to Fayetteville or who like love to go to Bentonville or who are from like the Oklahoma area and go to, you know, Arkansas to visit their family. But we're kind of, I'm kind of done with that. Okay. Like I'm kind of done placating in any way, shape or form. Arkansas reminds me of inbreds yeah so I'm going I'm go, I'm there so I'm there and I'm just kind of like weird I'm kind of getting this weird vibe I was really excited at first to go visit him I'm getting this weird vibe I get there and also he's on a fucking motorcycle so he couldn't come get me to go bring me back to visit him like I had to drive my own car to go to even see him and visit this place he was living because he couldn't and he also couldn't fly me. And that's like the whole point of this too, right? So I get there and I had no fucking idea that um, I was going to be on a fucking awful air mattress and that he didn't have any days off. I didn't know this. I did not know this when making my five-hour excursion to the middle of nowhere America to visit the boyfriend that was taking advantage of me already. Like I didn't, this didn't, I just didn't put the pieces together that Oh, he doesn't have anywhere for me to sleep. Oh, I hope he asked off work. Like in my head, I just thought that he would, I don't know. I thought that, I don't know. For some reason, like we might get a hotel. Like I didn't think that I was going to be sleeping on a fucking squeaky ass, like $50 air mattress in the middle of his aunt's and we can't even whisper without her hearing us. So, and again, like I said, he had no days off. So what I'm trying to get at is this fucking album, Midnight's, woke me up to how much he was taking advantage of me and how actually I knew this but I couldn't say it out loud I don't think I said it out loud the entire time I was dating him my friend said it for me like all the time like all the time like all my friends let me know all the time you're better than him no really like you're better than him he's taking advantage of you I know you're gonna get out of this soon which is like like that in itself should have been a red flag but for some reason, I just continued on my own merry way. And I continued on trusting like myself, even though, again, I was in this like hazy state. Like I was in this like, I want to go visit my boyfriend in Arkansas, even though he left for no reason, has nowhere for me to sleep, isn't appreciating that I'm driving out there. Why am I fucking going out there? Like, what am I, what am I doing? So I was alone a lot of the time. I didn't expect this. I thought that we were going to go adventure together, but... I was alone a lot of the time and I ended up having a fuck ton of anxiety like the entire fucking time. I couldn't place it. Like I couldn't figure out why I was having this anxiety. Like am I a brat for saying, hey, I don't want to sleep on an air mattress? Am I a brat for saying, hey, why didn't you ask off more time when I made special effort to come out here and you're literally getting paid minimum fucking wage? Like why can't, like I, come on, like come on. Like so I, I said these things and I was dismissed. And this anxiety was just building in my body because I just 
over and over and over again. This is at the very end of our five-year relationship too. Over and over and over again, I was devalued very subtly like that, like very slightly, like slighted. And it's always the people that you don't expect. And it's always in the ways that you don't expect too, because I wouldn't have gone out there if I didn't think that we were going to have time together. But this was something typical of him to do. This was typical because he didn't value my standards. He didn't value, he didn't think, oh, my girlfriend's coming to visit me. I should pay for her gas because she's taking extra effort to come see me. And I should put us up in a hotel. I should make some dinner plans. Like I should, I should do something to show her value for her effort and coming to see me, right? Like that's not, that's right, right? Instead, I was kind of like hush, hush, like silence for complaining, like all the time. And it wasn't complaining. It was me standing up for myself. And so I'm just like realizing how many fucking women out there are being used and being taken advantage of by a guy that's simply nice. Nice. Or simply, he loves, he loves me. He's nice and he loves me. So I'm going to keep him around. What? Girl, what? Girl, what? Girl. Even Disney taught us better than that. Like... I don't know. I'm waking up to this era where I got to fucking fix my crown. And all of a sudden I'm realizing that, yeah, those things happened all the time where my body was full of anxiety and full of, do I trust myself or not? Because I feel like a brat right now, even though I shouldn't, but he's telling me I do and I love him and I trust him. But it wasn't me being a brat in any way, fucking shape or form when I look back. In that moment, I felt like a brat because I was so weak that I trusted him talking down to me like that. But you know what? Something else my mom just like woke up in me and I'm starting to talk about my relationship too. Like I haven't really processed it honestly the past like year and a half. Like I've been really focused on just healing myself and getting my health in order, like eating right and working out right and just doing like keeping house clean, depression. If you've been listening, you know, like I've been working on that more than I have been working on um, working through the trauma of our relationship and, and what I, how I treated myself. Right. So this was one of the ways I broke myself the fuck down. This was one of the ways I broke myself all the way the fuck down. And it was a really slow roll down the bottom of the fucking hill. So what I was going to say is my mom woke me up to, we were just talking the other night about narcissists, right? And something narcissists do is they're big on like, say you're sorry. Like, well, if you're not going to say you're sorry, I'm not sorry. Like, they're like, it's like, oh. So I remember one of like the first fights my ex and I had like ever in like 2018 was him asking me why I don't say sorry often. And looking back on it, like even him asking that question is a fucking massive red flag because In that moment, when I first got into the relationship, I trusted myself so much that I I wasn't going to say sorry if I didn't mean it. Because why would I? Why would I? I know my value. I know what I'm saying. I trust what I'm saying. Why do I need to apologize for what I'm saying? So one of our very first fights was him saying, I wish you would apologize more for what you do. He was questioning my boundaries, which made me question myself over and over and over and over and over. I shouldn't have to say I'm sorry for things I'm not sorry for. And so five years in, after me becoming a chronic I'm sorry person, when again, I was never that person, I say sorry now for fucking anything. And I'm trying to stop doing that because ladies, all of us, we should not say sorry unless we actually fucking are. So when I go to Arkansas and I'm like, 
why am I sleeping on a mattress? Like, why, where's the bed? Like, what, like, why, why aren't we hanging out? Like, I am not thinking, oh, he's taking advantage of me. He's not valuing me. I'm not thinking that. I'm thinking, oh, I'm supporting my boyfriend right now because he, he's on a new endeavor and we might, you know, he might not be paying bills at home, but at least he is, you know, trying to find a new career path in life for himself so that he can do better for us in the future, right? Because I really believe that one day that's going to happen. Bitch, what? But why would I believe that? Why would I believe that when I'm going to visit him five hours away and he literally can't even get a hotel? Standards, me nowadays, who I am now, the morals that I stand for now. Well, let me just be fucking real. Let me just let me just say it straight and set it straight. You're better than him. Girls, women, everyone, men, women, whoever the fuck, why are we dating people beneath us? Why are we dating people that take advantage of us? Why are we dating people we think we can fix? Why are we dating people we're waiting on? Why are we dating people that's making us question ourselves? If I knew some of these red flags beforehand, I don't think I would have, I mean, I don't think I would have been, I wouldn't have gotten this far. So I think some of the red flags that I could have been more aware of when realizing that I'm in a relationship where a man is taking advantage of me is first and fucking foremost, I paid for our first date. I paid for our first date. That's a fact. And um, I paid for our, our like first Valentine's date. I paid for our dinners. I paid for gas for him to come see me. And there's no resentment there. It's just the fact that he didn't really give me much in return. So I never felt like super valued by him. I'm more than willing. Like I'm the type of person as an empath too, that when I meet you, I fuck, I'm, I'm a fucking open book, honestly. Like I am, I wish I were more, more mysterious, but I will tell you everything about me. I'm going to tell you everything because I'm trusting that you're also going to tell me everything about you. Like when we get into a, a partnership and a relationship, I'm trusting that the information you come at me with is equal to the value that I'm giving you. So yeah, you are better than him. Yeah, I am saying there are people that are better than other people. Is that a problem? And, and because me two years ago thought that like everyone was equal and I need to be really nice and like people pleaser and um, dismiss my own feelings and like just choke it in, choke it down. Like don't speak up anymore. Like don't be obnoxious. Like don't be a brat. Don't act like a fucking princess. Like I was convinced to question myself by the end of this relationship. I was, I was in a deep fucking pattern of questioning my morals and my beliefs and myself so much that he was basically like re-identifying me like he was he was recreating me when I went into that relationship and I'm not and I'm not saying that people like this is a tricky subject in some ways because because like the words narcissism and arrogance and egocentrism and just fucking being a narcissist like all of these things are different but being selfish and standing up for yourself isn't wrong. And if you stand up for what you believe in, that's not wrong either. And if the other person is going to consistently put you down so much so that you begin to silence yourself because you're questioning yourself, that's going to live in your body. And that's what creates autoimmune diseases and autoimmune disorders. And, you know, I talk about this, like that's, that just, it, the energy stays in your body if you can't get it out, if you can't communicate it, if you can't be your true authentic self. Like if you are consistently questioning yourself, 
it's only going to go downhill. So I want to give you an example of kind of like what I'm talking about specifically, because I'm not talking like, of course, when we're all born, like, well, I want to say we're all born equal, but at the same time, like, so I like Google this, why just like seeing what the answer is. I Google like, why are some people better than others? Just to see what Google says, because in my mind, it's also hard for me to say some people are better than better than others. But in my core gut, I do believe that I do. Is that wrong of me? I don't think so. So like psychology.org says in the moral sense, none could be superior or worth more than another. Okay, get that. But if we grant the obvious truth that we're not born with the same virtues and talents, then in a purely factual sense, we are not all equal. And then furthering that, it's not even that some people are better than others. It's that people have different standards for themselves and people think that hard work looks different. So another way to look at it is it's not that you're better than someone. It's that you're more successful than someone. And just like doing more research on this, an article that that paraphrases this it says look let's look at why some people are more successful than others it's probably the four different factors that contribute to success intelligence social skills work ethic and luck each of these factors play an important role in determining who succeeds and who doesn't okay and so i want to bring up success because i think that value and success and standards and being better than someone has a lot to do with your quality of life so for example, let's say there are two people. Let's say there's a girly pop and this girly pop is an equestrian rider. Simple story of girl meets guy. This girl has a plan in life. Like she has savings, a car, a house, multiple degrees. She was, yeah, trained by an Olympian equestrian horseback rider growing up. She has gone to therapy her entire life and psychiatry. She has a great job and a successful business and she and she loves to travel internationally as a hobby she can play the piano speak different languages okay do we get a hint do we get, like, get a feel for her let's call her i was gonna say let's call her fifi let's not let's call her petunia petunia that's petunia all right we love petunia all right and the boy classic girl meets boy and the boy he is a bartender he's a bartender at a really nice restaurant no degree no savings no life plan is always using the phrase strapped for cash, but is a super jovial, happy, funny, outgoing, kind guy. Um, but he's still driving the same car from high school. He has multiple roommates, you know, and his hobbies include things like weekend, like local lake days and going on a road trip camping with the boys. He's never really like been to therapy and he also doesn't believe in it. So we're talking about two completely different people, right? But boy meets girl, girl meets boy. They meet, they fall in love. From the day he meets her, he knows that she is out of his league. And that's why he gets nicer and more funny and more jovial because he's got he's to gotta attribute his qualities. He, he needs to show what he, all his cards, what he's going to put on the table too, but he can put his funniness on the table, his niceness, his jovialness. But she's putting down money for a new house for them. She's putting down cars. She has savings. She likes to go to Sweden to ski once a year. And that's just not him. So these people fall in love. And what's going to happen? They're going to have to compromise. She's going to have to compromise. Because she's going to either have to pay for him to go with her. 
or she's going to have to go alone and that's going to make the relationship really imbalanced, right? So that's kind of like the type of situation I'm talking about here, not entirely. Like I'm not I'm not that girl, but I'm just trying to like pull qualities of a lot of different of like honestly a lot of my friends and the guys they've dated that are no offense. We know this though. Not as good as them. They're just not as good as them. So what happens is these guys or it could even be girls, you know, fuck the gender. But but I will say I do think it happens more specifically to women than it does to men because I do think that women, strong women, get used and are undervalued no matter the fuck what. So, so I think that what's important here to like think about too is like in terms of who's better than who or, or, or whatever the fuck, you know, and it's not superiority here. It's just like life goals and life quality and life value. And if one person's not treating the other person with value, there's again, going to be an imbalance and it's just going to be really toxic and unhealthy. And it likely is not going to show itself for years. So if you can wake up to this now, please wake up to it now. Let's just go ahead and add this for fictional purposes too. Um, let's say the guy also has like a mega addiction to porn smokes cigarettes nonstop, drinks nonstop, loves a good whiskey way too often, has cheated on every partner, doesn't have a good relationship with his friends or his family, doesn't have a spiritual practice, he has a gambling problem, a money problem, and an overall sex addiction. Okay, so now are we getting a better feel for, for what type of guy this is? It's like we got the level one. We got the, like, the entry level where it's like, okay, we know he doesn't really have any ambitions, but okay, wait a second. No, he actually has some really bad habits too. So, so what's going to happen is he's not going to realize he's taking advantage of her. I mean, he does, but at the same time, He's just going to be his nice, jovial, outgoing self. Like, he's just going to keep doing him. He's not going to ever realize how hard her life is. He's not He's not going to understand how tired you are when you are working full-time. You have a side business. You're constantly going to therapy. You're watching your diet. You're, you're working out. You're trying to maintain good relationships with your friends and your family. You're responding to people. You're getting your nails done. You're trying to pamper yourself also while having a period like he doesn't he can't understand the hard work you're putting in he can't understand what it's like to stop smoking for good forever he can't understand what it's like to save up for his own really nice car he doesn't understand what it's like to have a side hobby and to make extra cash so that he can save it and go do random fun things with that spending account because he uses one account for everything do you see what i mean it's like he's not He's just going to take advantage of her by her dwindling her assets if she doesn't have strong boundaries because she's going to think that love equals happiness and relationship. She's not going to realize that, no, he flies by the seat of his pants and that's why he thinks it's okay to ask like the second you walk in the door, what's for dinner? That's okay why he thinks it's okay to ask like if you guys want to go do some random fucking hobby top golf at a 12 p.m. on a Monday because it's his day off in the service industry. Like he's not going to realize that you on a Monday at 12 p.m., that is when you're fucking invincible and untouchable because you're in the zone because it's your work week. So I'm talking about two completely different people here. And I think that just like in the album Midnight's, she kind of goes through similar things. Like, and I think a lot of women go through similar things. A lot of us get taken advantage of in a way that we don't realize it at first it happens gradually over years and years and years and then you don't know how to get out i just wanted to say in today's episode that you are better than him there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> like maybe on the very first date ask yourself am i better than him 
Because I do think that we've also been conditioned to be way too fucking nice. And don't get me started on the like Oklahoma, Arkansas, like Missouri, Kansas fucking weird ass niceness that is like totally from the Christianity Bible Belt, like where it's like when someone is selfish and stands up for themselves and says the word no and also puts down hard boundaries, like they're looked at as like a sinner and that's just like a very, yeah, I don't know. I'm having a hard time, I think, kind of like saying this episode because I wasn't planning on including this. But this morning when I started writing this episode, I normally write the episode like a week in advance, but it's been a really fucking busy week. And this morning I get up and I'm like, okay, let's draw this bath and let's like sit and really think about what we're going to talk about here because I've been reading the book, Why Men Love Bitches. And (laughs) one of the very first attraction principles in that book, like act like a prize and you'll be one or something like that. And honestly, I should probably like actually read it, but I don't know where it is. Act like a prize. Like that's what you need to do. From fucking day one, I didn't act like a prize. From day one, I acted like the mommy. Like, don't worry, babe. I got it. Don't worry. You forgot your wallet? Don't worry. I got us. No, he forgot his wallet on our first date. So yeah, I did get us. And I continued to get us for months and months and months after that. And that's how I lost a lot of my value and a lot of myself. And I have been rebuilding that over the past year through, um, like I've said before, through visualization, such as watching music videos of artists I absolutely love or listening to lyrics of artists I absolutely love, or just connecting to any sort of art or any sort of sort of podcast that can put what I'm going through in words. And, and I think the very first time I ever actually was like, holy shit, I got to get out of here is when I very first heard the song Midnight Rain. If you don't know Midnight Rain by Taylor Swift, it starts out by saying, Rain, he wanted it comfortable. I wanted that pain. He wanted a bride. I was making my own name. Chasing that fame. He stayed the same. And all of me changed like midnight. Whoa. Whoa, Tay-Tay. Whoa, Tay-Tay. And then she keeps going. My town was a wasteland full of cages, full of fences, pageant queens, and big pretenders. But for some, it was paradise. My boy was a montage, a slow motion love potion, jumping off things in the ocean. I broke his heart because he was nice. Oh my God, I have chills right now. Oh my God, no, 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 no. I I don't just have chills, I have tears. Woo! These lyrics meant so much to me in that time because they woke me up out of that like lavender haze. They woke me up to my subconscious and I related to those words. All I needed was an organized sentence of words like that to be like, oh my God, me too. He wants it comfortable. I want pain. He wants a bride. I want to make my own fucking name. And that's just it. People have different values. So I think that going into my 30s, your 20s are a wasteland of emotion. (laughs) Don't get caught up in it. Because if you get caught up in it and your partner is like matching you and they're also caught up in it, all you're going to do is set yourself up for failure. And none of us want that. And if you know me, you know, I, what, what am I doing right now? It's my fucking podcast called fake it, fake it till you make it. He wanted that comfortable. I wanted that pain. The person who is the, who enjoys the easy things in life, isn't going to respect or maybe even understand the hard things in life and the reward that comes with it. I think that we kind of meet ourselves at the the level we think that we can achieve. And it's sad if you find someone that takes advantage of that. 
and brings you down. And it, it honestly reminds me of like, <laughs> this is like pathetic, but not like the song Champagne Supernova by Oasis. They say how many special people change. And I felt that. I really, really felt like I was being changed. I was, I never wanted to fucking be in Arkansas. I, I want to go worldwide forever. I don't know. I just think that some people have aspirations that are, and you know, this is all subjective too, because easy and hard is subjective to the person. But I think that some people do just aspire to get married and have kids. And it's not that that's an easy life by any fucking means, because if you're alive, life is not easy. But I do think that certain people make choices to make their life harder for bigger reward. And I'm one of those people for sure. I've never not been that person. So also when I heard the song Bejeweled, I don't know, this album just woke me up. Like it just woke me up because I was alone. I was literally so fucking alone in this, in his weird ass aunt's fucking house by myself in the middle of fucking nowhere, Arkansas. All I can hear is the rain outside. I mean, it was gorgeous. She says, baby love, I think I've been a little too kind. I didn't notice you walking all over my peace of mind and the shoes I gave you as a present. That also just relates so much. It chokes me up because, because I got taken advantage of, period. Because, because we're better than that. We're better than that. I didn't know though at the time. I didn't know that love, sometimes you need more than just love. And sometimes the love you think you have for someone isn't just love. It's like comfort. I think what I just explained is two, like I said, two very different people trying to come together to make a life work, but they have very different objectives and also very different upbringings where like the girl, like I said, has, she has a ton of skill. This, the guy doesn't really, he is so cool with just living life day by day by day. Lastly, when I was in Arkansas, I had a panic attack bad, like really, really bad. Um, like really thought like probably our probably my worst panic attack of all time and it was because I felt so isolated in my mind and in myself and I was literally so isolated that I was trying to stand up for us to my mom like I was trying to let I was trying to say no just listen to me I got it I got it I got it like I I know what I'm doing no he is the one like he like he is the one he's just he's just not he's not at his best right now just give him some time no I am gonna marry him and then fucking driving away, it was the end. I knew it was the end and I knew I was better than him. <laughs> it was the fucking end of the end. We dated for like two more months after that, barely, but he was still out in Arkansas a lot of the time. And it was just, I don't know. I don't know. It was just awful. And I think I just want to say like, I had a fucking crazy ass panic attack that took me so fucking long to get over, months to get over because I held all of that in. I really felt like a brat. Like I really felt bad for expressing myself and my opinions and my beliefs over and over again that I started saying sorry so much that by the time I was in Arkansas, I was not eating, not happy. Meanwhile, I, meanwhile, he wants to fuck at the end of the night. Are you fucking kidding me? Anyways, girls, my leg hair is so long. It's blowing in the wind. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I'm loving it. I'm loving my life. And I do hope that Taylor Swift wins tonight. I hope that Miley wins tonight. And I know this podcast often sounds like I'm a man hater because I kind of am, but I'm not a hundred percent. Like I am, I'm mostly 
pro-women, but not like pro-fucking women. Like if you don't fucking value women and what they want to achieve and what they want to do and what you think they're capable of, then stay away from me. What I'm trying to say is I got swindled by a nice motherfucker that didn't realize he was taking advantage of me, but he fucking totally fucking was. And I can't even say he didn't think he was because he knew he fucking was after a certain point, okay? He knew he was, but I let this shit go on. I'm the one who let this shit go on for years. If you're paying for the first date, get out. If you're having panic attacks because you're not being heard, get out. And also, the only thing you can do is leave. The only thing you can do is get out. That is the only way. Don't even get me started on actual narcissists and narcissism because that's what it is. It is changing. It is belittling someone so much that you fucking change their goddamn chemical makeup and leave them deficient. (laughs) I mean, yes, they're responsible for themselves as an adult, but these fucking people are life suckers. They are energy vampires. They are crazy makers. You start to go, that's a real term too, crazy making. If you don't know about it, go look it up. You start to feel uncontrollable in your mind and in your body and in yourself. And after listening to fucking Midnight's, I was back, baby. What am I saying? I'm saying that Lavender Haze was a lifeline that woke me up. Bejeweled woke me up. Midnight Rain woke me up. I'm a big old Swifty nowadays. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Just being a girl is hard. So I love you guys. Only you know and you're heart if someone is actually meeting you eye to eye or not and again sometimes love doesn't cut it if he's not paying the bills if he's not respecting you if he's not in therapy if she's not in therapy if they don't if if these people are codependent on each other and not seeing friends or talking to family I don't know I think I just hope that my girlfriends are doing good and that It is almost Valentine's Day, so if this motherfucker doesn't treat you the way you deserve to be treated, if he doesn't treat you, if he doesn't, if he or she doesn't treat you with the value you meet them with, you're in for it. And I, I just hope that you don't. Also, last thing, if the boyfriend or the girlfriend or whoever you're dating is like living off of someone else, ew, It just says so much. Even if they're living with their parents, ew. Why don't you think that you can date a millionaire with five cars? Why don't you say, oh, no, no, no. I want to wear Prada every day. Why don't you think that you can have the best of the best of the best? So sit with that for a second. I would love to know where you very first heard the album Midnight's, how it impacted you, and where just a good visual like just give me a good visual like it did this album like truly affect that many people or what no it did it had to have right it had to have because i think that there's like this epidemic of women taking care of themselves now no it's like a pandemic it's like there's so many women all of a sudden they're like oh er, no 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 i'm gonna focus on myself i'm gonna focus on my skincare i'm gonna focus do not talk to me no i'm on dnd slow girl season clean girl season also alex earl love you but clean girl is not out clean girl's not out clean girl's in and also alex earl love you but what you do directly impacts the 12 year old so watch it okay love it but watch it it's because i have a 11 year old sister and i'm watching her wear fucking white eyeliner under her eyelids and literally do the alex earl like 
laugh thing. I don't know. She doesn't, she doesn't even know who fucking Alex Earl is. These preteens, okay, they are obsessed with Tay Tay. They are, they are right on track to stand up for themselves. So if we do it first, if we fix our crowns first, they'll follow. They'll follow. But we are at such a specific time in like womanhood and the internet and society and culture where we're watching Beyonce and fucking Tay Tay have these massive impactful cultural, culturally impactful tours that are impacting millions of fucking people. And the next step is to keep that energy going is to not let it die out, to not let this just be an era. This is what women deserve. This is who we are. No, we deserve the best of the best of the best. No, Taylor Swift, no, more women deserve to sell out stadium tours. So excited for the Grammys. You're better than him. Block his number. Fuck him up, sis. Go fucking shave his head in the middle of the night and pee on his face, okay? He's not worth it. Go pop that air mattress. Go put some juice. Go put cat pee in his aunt's lemonade <laughs> go fucking put a slushy in his gasoline so he can't get to work okay go yeah don't do that i love you i hope you have a great week i've been listening to taylor swift a lot <laughs> you can't fucking tell okay i'm gonna try to not throw up when i work out this week Wish me the best. I'm not going to shave my legs because why should I? I love you most. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye.